Welcome to episode 13 of Early Stoppage. I'm your host, Derek Moody, and on today's episode, I was joined by undefeated Invicta flyweight Miranda Maverick. We talked about her previous weight cutting issues, being too young for the ultimate fighter, her skill sets progressing drastically during her layoff, and how she'll dominate in every aspect of her upcoming fight against Brogan Sanchez. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Joining me today is undefeated Invicta FC flyweight contender, Miranda Maverick. Welcome to Early Stoppage. So I'd like to start the show off by getting to know the person behind the fighter. So we'll kick this off with some random questions and work our way back to MMA. All right. Sounds good. Okay. What's your favorite movie? Oh, that's a hard one. I used to like Searchers. I like Western movies a lot. And that's one with John Wayne in it. Uh, What's the last movie you watched? Oh. I believe it was Jumanji, the new one, with my little brother and sister. Was it any good? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I like uh, funny movies, usually Disney movies and stuff. I watch with them and stuff. It could have been Thor, too. I think that might have been the last one, the new one. Did you watch the original Jumanji? I did. I've watched that several times. I don't think I liked it better, though. Usually I like the older versions, but uh, this time I think they did a great job redoing. Okay, cool. Uh, What's the last book you read? Uh, Shepherd of the Hills. Now, what's your favorite cheat meal? Just about anything chocolate, to be honest. Chocolate milk. I've always got to have chocolate milk if I'm cheating. (laughs) Okay. Uh, What's your biggest fear? I don't know. In terms of, like, emotional stuff and everything, any kind of failure. Now, uh, what are you currently addicted to? (laughs) Uh, there's this uh, metabolism booster called 213. I'd say that's about the only thing I'm addicted to, that and actually practicing MMA. What's your favorite sport aside from mixed martial arts? I don't really have one. Uh, I guess that's really about it. That's the only sport I've ever really liked that much. Gymnastics, maybe? Now, if you weren't a mixed martial artist, what would you be? Uh, Exactly the other thing I'm doing, which is industrial psychology, an industrial psychologist. What was the first martial arts discipline you studied? Uh, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. How old were you when you got into um, BJJ? 16 years old when I first started it. Do you remember the first mixed martial arts fight you ever saw? Uh, I don't remember the first one I saw. I know that the first women's one that I paid attention to was the Rousey versus, I believe it was Zingano. Now, how did you get into mixed martial arts? I started out when I was 16, and my dad was like, if you want to do it, you can pay for it and drive yourself. So I did, and it started out as like a self-defense venture, and then uh, decided I loved it enough and was good at it that I wanted to pursue it. And my dad was like, hey, like you can be good at this. All right, so your father is the one who uh, saw that you had the talent for this. Yeah, basically. We were actually watching that Rousey fight, and I was like, whoa, there's girls that do it too? And he was it was like the first um, UFC fight for women, whichever one that was. I can't even remember who she fought for the first one. I think it was Liz Carmouche. Okay, I think that's right. And we were sitting there watching it, and he was like, I think you could do that. You could be world champ one day. And I was like, I don't want to get hit. And then uh, 
started liking jujitsu, started competing, started beating the guys and realized I was stronger than pretty much every girl that I had ever went up against and decided I was going to try it. Now, was there a fighter you looked up to or you liked more than the others? Uh, as far as uh, any fighters, I always liked George St. Pierre and still do. Um, and then as far as girls went, I actually always liked Tisha Torres' style and everything. Yeah, good choices. <laughs> now, um, as far as your schooling went, you had several options for graduate schools, but decided on Drury University. What was the deciding factors that led to you picking them? Uh, the individual attitude that they had. As soon as I walked in the doors there, they literally sat down with me and did. I told them that I wanted to graduate within three years. And one of the professors, while I was a junior in high school, sat down with me and decided a whole three-year plan with me. And I was like, wow, they're going to take time out of their day to do this with me. Uh, I feel like it's the right place to be. Yeah, that is. That's pretty amazing. You don't normally hear that. That's, that's awesome, actually. Yeah, it was. And uh, it was the only school I visited that was that way. And it was close to my family. And I got preschooling with it. So why not? Yeah. And your timing was perfect at the university because they were introducing their wrestling team. What was your experience like wrestling for them? Well, uh, they actually started the wrestling team a year after I'd started there. So I was a sophomore and the wrestling coach kind of just came up to me and said, hey, do you want to join? And I was like, well, I can't officially join the team. I don't have enough time with MMA. And he was like, no, just like do it on the side to help you out. And I was like, really? And uh, became a part of it. And he worked so hard to like accustom me to the team because, you know, as the only girl, like you're not welcome by everybody. Play games and like talk to them and everything else and brag on me and things and just tried to welcome me to the team as much as I could. And they all could just kick my ass as far as wrestling itself was concerned but they were all really cool about letting me use jujitsu within it too. And it really helped me, especially my conditioning. Okay. Now, did you, um, did you run into any criticism when you first started wrestling or was everyone pretty accepting because they knew that you were a mixed martial artist? There was a lot of criticism. Like you'd hear people talking about stuff that uh, was just kind of rude. Like I'm a girl, she's not good at wrestling. Like, I don't know why she's on the team. And like, I got to have all the official uh clothes and things even though I didn't compete for them because I was already a pro so I couldn't you know compete at the collegiate level and so a lot of them were just kind of I guess you'd say jealous but as the coach kind of pushed me into being part of the team a lot of them uh, were more welcoming but uh, not all the guys of course a lot of the guys were super friendly and even would go out of their way to help me train privately on the side. Now are you still currently enrolled or did you already graduate? I already graduated I'm going to a PhD program this fall. Oh, nice. You're at Springfield Fight Club now. I've seen your progression between each fight. Now, with the longest layoff of your amateur and pro career, in what areas will, will we see progression, you know, this time around? I mean, all of them, obviously. Like, I, I practice everything while I'm out. But my striking is so strong this time. Like, I'm thinking about just having this whole fight be stand-up because I'm so confident in it at this point. Since I had that layoff, that's pretty much what I've been focused on. Because I just, uh, I don't do that very much in fights. And it's not that I never could strike. There was just no reason for it, basically. And so this whole fight camp and everything, I've been focused more on keeping it stood up, uh, beating her that way, beating her at her own game. Now, your striking definitely has progressed. Do you typically bring in boxers or kickboxers to, you know, log in rounds with? Uh, kickboxing. And then my main training partner, who I pretty much always give credit to, was a Golden Gloves champion when he was like 14. 
and has remained getting better and better every year. And he's just amazing. Um, and helps me with my boxing pretty much every day. And I probably do like 30 minutes of private lessons with him each day, at least. Now in the past, you only trained with men at Springfield Fight Club. Is that still the case? And how beneficial has it been for you? Uh, that is still the case. We do have, uh, I'll give her some credit. We do have an amateur female that's on the team as well. Um, and she's really good actually. After training with a bunch of high level girls, it's easy for me to say how good she is. Uh, so I train with her a lot too, but uh, mainly guys still. And I credit that so much. Like my strength has to be so much farther than it would have to be if I was with girls. I've trained with girls before and I just toss them around. And because the guys are always tossing me around, it's a lot harder to fight against a guy that's weighing 10 pounds more than you, but is half again stronger, you know? So you have to fight, get better at clinch, get better at the ground game. And so you learn technique a lot better too, because when I can't beat him in strength, I have to find a different way. Now who's played a vital role in your MMA development? I mean, my dad, as far as mental progression, has definitely been the biggest the uh, biggest influence there. But then my coaches, Brett Welcome and Nathan Stamberski, have been my ground game and striking coach, respectively. And then Garrett Armfield, who's my main training partner, has been a huge influence in my striking as well. In my personal opinion, I think you're far from your prime and you're still very skillful. Now, how many years away do you think you are from your prime or do you think you're in your prime? I do not think I'm in my prime at all. Over the past year, I'd say I've matured so much as a fighter if not the past two years, like I look at the difference from when I was 18 to now and how I'm built, how uh, my mental game is and where my confidence is at. And it's just improved so much. And I know that I have so far I can go with my nutrition and with my technique, like I'm improving all the time. Like I want to become a black belt in jujitsu. And that's one of my um, goals in the, I guess you'd say near future within the next three to five years, I want that to happen. And, uh, Aside from that, I want to just keep getting better in my striking, get a little bit more Muay Thai background and a little bit better boxing. And I would say I'll reach my prime around 25 to 27. And that's one of the things that I think is beneficial to me beyond these other girls that I fight is usually they're already either in their prime or past it. And I'm just now starting to enter my prime and I'm getting to a higher and higher level every time I fight. It's interesting because your story, um, you know, fight-wise, kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, the development that Max Holloway went through because he started really young, too, and everyone saw how promising he was. And around the age you're saying, you know, 24, 25, you know, he ends up becoming a champion. I mean, he's yep. currently a champion. So it's, it's, it's definitely, like, in your future. Now, now you said you want to be a um, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the next three to five years. What belt are you currently? I'm a purple belt. All right, cool. Now, when you first signed with Invicta, you fought at strawweight. Was that a decision you made or, or a decision the promotion made? Um, it was a decision kind of both of us made, but it was ultimately obviously my decision because I could have always said no. Uh, I regret it now, obviously, but the, the reasoning behind it was that the UFC had a strawweight division at the time, and my ultimate goal was to be in the UFC, so I knew I needed to get down to that level or down to that weight. And now that they have a 125 division, I'm not as worried about it. I'm ready to be at that weight. And I think I'm comfortable at 125 right now, especially until I have the time and resources necessary to get down to 115 properly. Now, when you miss weight in those two straw weight fights, how difficult was the weight cut for you? 
uh, very difficult. You know, there's been girls and guys alike that I see that step onto the scale overweight that are basically fine physically. And you could tell they didn't put everything into it. And for me, like both times I had to be carried to the weigh-ins down and like I was basically dying. Like literally my heart rate was up to the point. My dad was like, all right, stop. You're going to end up dying or we're going to have to take you to the hospital. So I stopped and I wasn't sweating anymore. I was shaking, going into shock. Like I tried as hard as I possibly could. And my body just after two hours of sitting in a hot bath wouldn't lose any weight, you know? So it was hard, it was definitely hard. And um, I probably should have stopped trying after that first time, but I thought maybe it was just, you know, me not being used to it. Yeah, it's amazing to hear these weight cut stories and then still to go on and, and fight and win the fight. Well, right. I mean, I tried to recover the best I could and you talk to my coaches or anything like that. I was still pretty weak. By the time the fight came around, honestly, compared to what I would usually be, like I'd still be a little bit dizzy walking upstairs and things three hours before the fight. But, you know, at that point, you've signed a contract. You either get in there and do it or else you lose an opportunity. And for me, I wasn't willing to risk that. You go in there, execute the game plan best you can. And, you know, I prayed about it and went in there with as much confidence as I could. And the results were good. Yeah, it certainly paid off. Now, how many fights do you have left on your Invicta contract? I actually, um, this previous injury, I uh, messaged Shannon Knapp, or called her, I can't remember, I think I messaged her, and I messaged my match matchmaker and contacted them personally to tell them I had been hurt, and I was scared. My dream was always to be an Invicta, like, even starting out as an amateur, I was like, oh, if I could just get to Invicta, like, that's where I want to be, and then I got called up for my pro debut, and, you know, I was so ecstatic. And so when I got hurt, I was scared to death. I was going to be pulled from my contract. I didn't really understand if they would keep me on or if because I got hurt and it'd be a long layover, if they'd just be like, well, you're cut. Maybe you can get back eventually. So I like called them and apologized and was freaking out kind of. And as like a show of loyalty to me, I guess, after this next fight will be the end of my first four fight contract. And they already have signed me for another six fight contract after that. Oh, nice. Congratulations. That's huge. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Now, last year, the UFC introduced the women's flyweight division, as we just spoke about, and they did the Ultimate Fighter 26, a new world champion. Did you go to the tryouts for the show? I did not. I wasn't old enough. I actually called in and said, hey, is there any way we can break the rules this one time on this record? Um, this is me. Here's a fight video or two. And they were like, well, we'd love to, but you're just too young, and we can't break that rule because of alcohol that's in the house. So uh, if it ever happens again, I'd love to be on the tough show, but I figure I'll get there just as fast um, my own way by pushing through and winning these fights. Yeah, that's very interesting to hear. They're going to miss out on a lot of talent because if, if you're getting declined, I'm sure there's others in similar situation that also aren't making it into the house because of alcohol, which is something they probably shouldn't even have. I agree. I told them, I was like, well, I won't drink. <laughs> and they were like... <laughs> <laughs> Now, if you were allowed to compete on that show, how do you think you would have done against the winner of the show and current UFC women's flyweight champ, Nico Montagna? You know what? Like, I've watched her fight and stuff, and I'm not taking anything away from those girls because I know they're good and they put in all the heart and effort, but I feel like I do too, and I have all the confidence that I think I need. And my thought process on it is I'm wanting to get to the top of that ladder. Why not let me have a chance at it? You know, like, I'm, I'm ready to go in there. 
even if I get beat, at least I'll know where I'm at. Yeah, exactly. So everything's always a learning experience. Right. And so far, you know, I haven't really had that much of a challenge, I would say, as far as I think I could have easily beaten the opponents I've had previously faster and better than I did, especially at the level I'm at now. And I'm ready to just start climbing that ladder as fast as I can. After this fight, you know, I'd love the Invicta title shot. And if not, to be getting my way up there. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Especially now that that, um, I believe the flyweight belt is vacant at the moment. Very much so is. Now, as an amateur, you went the distance twice, but those were nine-minute fights. At Invicta 24, you went the distance against Gabby Romero. How did you feel going the full 15 minutes? I felt good, you know, especially, like, knowing that I could have done better, honestly. Like, looking back, I tell everybody that asked me, they were like, oh, you did great in that fight. And to me, I was so upset at my performance. I knew I did just terrible. Like, I looked like I was going 50% the whole time. Like, I was in some kind of sparring match or something. And it was a fight. And for me, I was like, why did I get caught in this? Why did this happen? And it was very frustrating for me because I knew I could have done better. But I was very hesitant because I actually, you know, thought that she was better than she ended up being. So for me, looking back at that, 15 minutes was a breeze. Like I got done with that fight. And as you could probably see on the aftermath of the fight, like before they raised our hands and everything, I was ready to go again. Like I was excited. I was still pumped and ready. And she was laying on the floor tired and breathing hard. So. <laughs> yeah. Now there were moments when you were in some deep arm bars at any point. Did you feel like you were close to tapping? No. And that's uh, something funny. Like the first round is when I got put in that deep arm bar, uh, People are like, the bell saved you, and it may very well have. But at the time, you know, it never crossed my mind to even tap. Like, that was never even an inkling. I was like, oh, if she pulls a little bit harder, I'll go this way. Uh, I was trying to think of just escapes. I never really crossed my mind to tap. I was like, I can't believe I let myself get in this, is mainly what was going through my mind. And she just, I guess, didn't have the strength to finish it. Because, like, looking back and watching the video, I was like, why couldn't she pull harder? Why didn't she do this? You know, especially her being a black belt. <clears throat> but she did a good job to even get me in an arm bar is pretty impressive. Like I worked on those so much in practice. And I see that as kind of my submission. Like I finished many fights with an arm bar and it's my favorite move. But I never felt like it was close to finishing me. Okay, now I'm assuming that fight offered the most opportunities for you to grow. What did you learn in that fight? I grew a lot of confidence in my striking. I'll say that because I had just never taken the opportunity to strike other times. And that time I, I realized how strong my power was in striking. And I also realized that my cardio was pretty good and that I could go harder, put in more volume if ever I was faced with three rounds again. After having a year layoff, you'll face Brogan Sanchez at Invicted 30 on July 21st. Was this a strategic move on your, on your part to fight another undefeated fighter to climb the ladder as quick as possible? Um, they kind of just put opponents in front of me and say, take it or leave it, and I took it. Uh, I would love to keep fighting undefeated fighters. The better the people are, the more I'd like to fight them, you know. Probably take any fight that Shannon or Caitlin put in front of me uh, just to show I could do it. I just find it amusing. Like the first person they had me fight as a debut fighter was just another person getting her start. Uh, after that, they gave me like this world-class wrestler, finished her fast. And Shannon was like, well, we want to see something different from you, um, which I assume she meant striking because the next time they gave me a jujitsu black belt, who was a world champion in that. 
And uh, so I kept it standing a little bit more, and now they're giving me a striker again, and we'll see what happens there. The longest you had prior to this year-long layoff was four months. You're accustomed to quick turnaround fight times. How has the time away from the cage been for you mentally? Good and bad. At the at first, like because it was an injury, I was just so upset, like anxious, I guess you'd say, because I had never been that long of a layoff. I was like, no, like I hate this. You know, I'm burning daylight pretty pretty much. Like I'm used to just going, going, going. My thought process was I'm young and I want to get to the top as young as possible. And uh, I had to take that year off and I got stronger mentally though from it. I paid attention to technique more. I learned a lot more. I watched and focused and made sure that I took my time doing things and did them just perfect execution. Uh, so in that way, it really helped me a lot and kind of got my focus back. I was able to spend a little bit more time on school and focus on that and get through that uh, time of my life. And I had a little, little bit of rough moments throughout this past year. My family's house burnt down and then that injury. And so in the hindsight of things, I feel like it was uh, probably a good thing to have happen. Okay, now that does sound like a bit of a rough year. Um, you said your parents' house burned down. Do they live in California? Uh, no, we live in Missouri, and uh, all of uh, I had my stuff there and all their stuff there, and it was basically you know gone by the time it got to it. So that is tragic. The only reason I asked if you're in California is because I'm from California, and we have fires every year. <laughs> We don't know what happened. There was never really any evidence of anything. It looked like somebody had broke in, but you never know. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now, how was the layoff for you physically? Was there any setbacks with your injury leading up to this camp? No, not at all. Actually, I recovered months ahead of time compared to what doctors and uh, rehab therapists thought I would. Um, I did very well with it, got stronger. Um, I've probably gained 13 pounds of just pure muscle. I've gotten way more defined than I ever have, and my nutrition is more under control than it's ever been. I feel so much better than I ever have leading up to this fight. Like right this second, I'm 12 pounds out from where I need to be, and I've never been within that within a week of the fight. So I'm doing great. Oh, wow. What did you change? Are you working with a nutritionist? I'm working with a nutritionist. His name's Wes Osborne, and he works with Supplement Superstores. Uh, and basically, he's written me a meal plan that I've stuck to for two months straight now, just very closely, and also a workout plan. And along with me doing, you know, practice six to nine hours a day, I've just been, my body's just absolutely transformed. And, you know, I mean, I'm getting older too, and I think I'm finally maturing uh, to a point that my physicality is coming to its peak. So that's good too. All right, that's all good to hear. All of Brogan Sanchez's fights have went the distance. Obviously, you have the upper hand in the grappling department. Will we see you display more of your stand-up to show how far your striking has grown? Because I know you want to show off what you've developed. Yeah, I kind of just want to show off my stand-up. I mean, she is a stand-up fighter, and if I can play her own game against her and beat her on the feet, like, that'll be a big move for me. Um, aside from that, I don't see her – I feel like one of my upper hands is going to be my strength. And I always get frustrated that all they do is recognize my strength. But at the same time, she hasn't finished any of her fights as a pro. And for me, I see that as a weakness. Like Muay Thai is supposed to be a power sport, and that's supposed to be her focus. And the fact that she hasn't been able to finish any of her fights, uh, I feel like is a strength towards me. Okay. Now, her biggest asset, you see it as her weakness. So what threat does Brogan Sanchez actually present to you? 
I don't know. I don't see anything really, to be honest. And all respect to her. Like, I think she's a good fighter, but I don't really see any way she's going to beat me. I feel like she's going to try to outpoint me. But my cardio is to the point now, especially since I went to Colorado and got all that elevation training in. I'm just so confident in my cardio at this point. And also my power shot's enough to where I can take her down if I want to. I can keep it standing if I want to. I don't see anywhere this fight's going to be taken by her that I won't be the stronger opponent. If you had to make a prediction, how do you see this fight playing out? <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. It's either going to be a longer striking rounds of me just beating her on the feet, hopefully dropping her with a power punch or two, or first round ground and pound. And that's probably what I'd bet on. In your last fight, you threw many, many good uppercuts in that second round. I'm surprised you didn't close it out right there. Is that something we can look forward to in this fight? Yeah, perhaps. This time, maybe I'll uh, focus on keeping my distance a little bit better, though. That fight, I got a little bit too uh, over-anxious and kept going, and she just tried to grab a hold of me. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to um, punch yourself out because you were trying to, you know, finish off that round. And not really. And like I said, in hindsight, I don't know why I didn't just light her up more. Um, I wasn't really that tired, especially in comparison to what she was. And if I had control of my body again, I would have finished that fight at least three different times. I agree. I agree completely. Now, how can your fans stay up to date with you on social media? Uh, you can go to Twitter at Fear the Maverick, Instagram at Fear the Maverick underscore SFC MMA, or on Facebook, Miranda Fear the Maverick. And my personal Facebook, you can also go on, which is Miranda Maverick, but I'd appreciate it if you go uh, follow me on my page too to get the latest updates on my fight and on my progress as a fighter as well. All right. I appreciate you being on Early Stoppage today, and I wish you the best at Invicta 30. I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you. And that'll wrap up today's show with Miranda Maverick. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, peace.